Okay, uh, welcome back to the Field Trial Lifestyle Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jessica. And we are your hosts. So this is our first full episode, and we're starting from the beginning. This episode is tentatively titled, The Beginner's Guide to Field Trials, Part 1. There may be two parts or three parts. <laughs> Hard to say. There's kind of a lot to get through, but we'll just see. We're not going to do any news or notes today because I like this episode and this information to just kind of exist as its own separate thing. It's been my experience that there's not a ton of easily accessible, solid information for folks who are just starting out. There's tons of information once you get started at trials and once you meet people, but I wouldn't say that it's easily accessible if you have to drive deep into the woods and make new friends to get it. First, what is a field trial? I feel like it's a good place to start. So the AKC, the governing body of lots of dog sports in the United States, including trials, describes a field trial as follows. Pointing breed field trials allow a dog to work in the field and be judged in a competitive setting, covering a lot of open ground in a short time. These trials allow dogs to display qualities like their keen desire to hunt, their intelligence, ability to find game, style, and courage. Some trials will have handlers on horseback, while others are considered a walking trial. Pointing breed field trials are one of the oldest and most traditional of the field trial events, and thousands of dogs have earned titles since its inception. When you and your dog compete, you're not just having fun with your dog. You're also carrying on a tradition rich with history and excitement. Sounds important. Um, so another note here is that they call it a pointing breed field trial, and that's important. There are field trials for other categories of dogs, including retrievers, but today... And for most of this podcast going forward, we're going to stick to pointing breeds. What are those breeds, you ask? Well, here's a quick list. Bracco Italiano, which is new to the list as of June 2022. Brittany's, pointers, sometimes called English pointers. English setters, German short-haired pointers, German wire-haired pointers, Gordon setters, Irish red and white setters, Irish setters, Spinone Italiano, Vichlas, Weimaraners, Wire-haired pointing Griffons, and wire-haired Vichlas. So it's lots of choices, lots of variety there. There's a range of size, disposition, approach to hunting, and popularity. If you're convinced that you want a dog to hunt with and trial with, you're bound to find something in that group. We'll have a series of episodes about finding a dog coming soon, but today we're just focused on trials. So the next logical question would be, where are field trials? This varies to some degree by the region of the country, but I would say... What most field trial grounds have in common is that they're, you know, a big plot of land with some kind of vegetation. It could be grasses, trees, bushes, or some combination of the three. Hunting preserves and plantations are commonly used for trials. There needs to be enough space for dogs to cover a lot of ground, and trials are essentially trying to mimic a hunting situation. There are a lot of opinions about the relationship between trialing and hunting, but that's a conversation for another day. So let's talk logistics. Most field trials are either two or three days, either Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Trials start early in the morning, but they can only run until darkness starts to fall, so if a particular event has tons of dogs enter, you might need three days to get everything in. Field trials are put on by pointing dog clubs. There are regional, breed-specific clubs and more general bird dog clubs. Some members of that club find grounds that are appropriate, cultivate a relationship with the stewards of that ground, and register the event with the AKC. As all that gets settled, the club puts out a document called a premium. A premium is essentially a registration form. It has the date and time of the trial, 
a list of all the events that will take place, along with the prices, the names of the judges, and usually a very poor map. So when you decide you want to compete, you get the premium, you fill it out, and you send it back with your money. Usually you're sending money to someone from the hosting club who's managing the trial. There's usually a cutoff day for sending in the money, and it's usually about a week or so before the trial date. So let's say the cutoff is on Saturday. Usually that coming Monday, they'll do a drawing to choose the running order of the dogs. Within each trial, there are two general categories of stakes. There's juvenile stakes and there's broke dog stakes. In each stake, dogs run two at a time in what's called a brace. Within the juvenile stakes category, there are puppy and derby events. For a puppy event, each brace is about 15 minutes and there are no birds planted on the course. To compete in a puppy event, the dog must be between six months and 15 months, and essentially they're judged on their willingness to run and their engagement with the field and how happy they look. And, you know, does this look like a dog who later in life will be a great hunting dog or great trial dog? Derbies are for dogs between six months and up to two years, and they last from 20 to 45 minutes. So birds are planted. And in a derby, ideally your dog finds a bird and points that bird. You as the handler would walk in front of your dog, stick your foot under that bird, and encourage it to fly away, at which point you fire your blank gun in the air. And if after you flush the bird or you fire the gun, the dog chases it, that's allowed in a derby. So you just call your dog back to you or wait till your dog comes back, and then you continue around the course. So that's a quick description of the two juvenile stakes. Then there's broke dog stakes. A broke dog is a dog that has been trained to do its job at a high level. Each brace in a broke dog stake is 30 minutes or more. The dogs cover a lot of ground, and when they find birds, they're expected to point. Now, in contrast to the juvenile stakes, when the handler flushes the bird and fires the blank gun, the dog is supposed to stay perfectly still. If the dog moves at all, even half a step, the dog and the handler are disqualified. Within the broke dog stakes, there are gun dog stakes and all age stakes. The difference between a gun dog stake and an all-age stake and a gun dog kind of dog and an all-age kind of dog are debatable, so I don't want to get too far into that here. We'll talk about that with our guests. The simplest way to describe the difference would be to say that an all-age dog is generally going to be ranging a bit further away from the handler and working a bit more independently, and a gun dog is going to be working a little closer to the handler. Now, I say a little bit closer, but it's still two or three or four hundred yards away, but again, a bit tighter than an all-age dog. For broke dogs, there's also something called the limited stake, which is a stake where dogs have to place first, second, third, or fourth in any other gun dog stake or gotten a first place in an open derby stake. Every stake, whether juvenile or broke dog, is either an open stake or an amateur stake. And that has to do with the handlers. In an amateur stake, to handle your dog, you have to be a person who does not receive money for training dogs. In an open stake, anyone can run, amateur or professional. For most people who start with a puppy, I think the first stake you'd enter is amateur puppy. Depending on the event, it can be a walking trial or a horseback trial. In a horseback trial, the handlers are on horses, and in a walking trailer, the handlers walk. I've been to trials on hunting preserves that only allow walking hunters, so in most cases, these trials are walking trials. Also, when you take the horses out of the equation, it makes the event a bit more accessible because you don't need to have a horse to participate. Now, even if it's a horseback stake, you can walk on foot, but it's generally not advised. Okay, so 
We've talked about what field trials are, which dogs can compete, how you sign up, and what events happen at trials. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll talk about the social side of field trials. Okay, so after all the sort of logistical nuts and bolts, I just wanted to talk a little bit about kind of our first experience or experiences going to field trials. So what do you remember from the first trial that we went to? Well, it was pretty remote. And I just recall that the first day when we were trying to find the place, we drove until there was no more pavement down a dirt road that looked like it was on someone's farm property. And then we suddenly came across a billboard that said, time to escape in the middle of nowhere with nothing around. And we essentially struggled to find the place and finally drove down to what seemed like a horse show because <laughs> there were so many horses. Um, and we thought, oh, we'll just stop here and ask for directions or ask them if they know where the dog event is. And then what? Didn't we run into Scott right there? Well, we ran into, we found people that we knew after doing that whole thing. And, you know, in the first part of this episode, I mentioned that the maps that they give you are terrible. And I think the reason why the maps are so terrible is because you go to the same places pretty much every year. And if most people at the event have been there before, then no one really uses the map anyway. So really, the map is only useful to like the four or five new people that come every time. But everyone else already knows where it is. And if people get lost, they just ask their friends who've been there before. So the maps really aren't that useful. But we hardly knew anyone. We right. didn't know we, anyone to call at that point. Right. No so phone. we were just like, are we stuck out here? Are we ever <laughs> going to find it? Are we going home? We just didn't know. I guess for me, one of the first thoughts I had was, you know, going down this kind of like dirt road. At the time, we had a Honda Civic, yeah. which was obviously not designed for these dirt roads. And, you know, people drive trucks and bigger trucks. So it was not quite the right car for the whole thing, but we got there and our dog was running in puppy events and it was the first trial and I wasn't handling the dog because I was, I was just too nervous to handle the dog in that first trial because, you know, it's like when you have a pet dog, you're like, this is my puppy. And part of the trial is you let the dog just run, just run away. And it doesn't, it didn't feel good for me to see my little puppy running away in the desert and so I just didn't like that feeling so I didn't handle him trainer that we work with handled him but I wanted to stay out of the way so he didn't see me, me so too. I was kind of hiding in the bushes and like you know like whispering to myself <laughs> and trying to take cell phone videos kind of like watching him run but that's how I watched my dog's first experience at a trial and then he came back he ran and he came back so he returned which was great huge relief yeah and what do you remember after that well he came up and then we didn't really know what to do or what was going on and we just sat there for a little bit and pet him and then they did the ribbons and we didn't place and i feel like we just sat there in the dirt <laughs> petting ridge next to our car and then that guy we were there sitting in the dust, petting our dog, glad he didn't, you know, run away forever. And a judge, well, I didn't realize he was a judge at the time, I don't think, 
But he came up to us and he was like, hey, you got a good little dog there. You should keep coming back. And after Ridge ran, we didn't really know what to expect. We didn't really know what was supposed to happen. But this guy, he didn't have to say anything nice to us. Right. Like he was getting in his car. He was leaving. But he came up to us of his own free will and was, you know, supportive and nice. And I think that was the first thing that ever happened at a trial where I was like, oh, that was a person being nice to us as strangers. And it was a nice thing to happen for the first time. So, yeah, that was our first field trial experience. I think it was relatively positive. After that, did you want to go back again? I was pretty neutral at that point. I think just like we didn't talk to anyone that entire day, really, except for that one guy. And that's literally the opposite of what it's like now. Um, So I think at that point, I still felt relatively neutral. And I recall, I think at our like third field trial, I brought a book to read, which I can't ever imagine having time to read a book at this point (laughs) at a trial. Uh, Yeah, I think that's another part of this whole thing is that each time you meet three more people, so it's like three people, and then it's like exponential, and then you know nine people, and then you know 81 people, and that's just kind of how it goes, yeah. Well, and I think part of it, too, is getting lost in the conversation. So if we had had a podcast, say like this one, or something to listen to, to develop our understanding of the jargon and what people are talking about, it might have been a little easier to maintain conversations in those first few trials. Because I remember just getting so lost. I felt like I had like, my brain was like overloaded by the amount of new vocabulary I learned. Yeah. And it's sort of like you're having a discussion with someone and like, yeah, that's a broke dog. And you're like, cool, 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 yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Now what's a broke dog? <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, that's in the next brace. And you're like, huh, interesting. Mm. Now what is a brace? Yeah. And it's just the whole day like that. Deciphering. It was like speaking another language. Yeah. And that's why I, I imagine this is true in the field trial scene in different places that there's usually someone who really likes to talk to new people. There's some folks who are just like too focused on their dogs and what's coming up and their friends already. But there generally are folks who like to kind of initiate new people. And if you can find one of them, it makes your first few trials much easier because then they'll answer your questions. They'll tell you things you didn't even know that you wanted to know. And often they'll introduce you to other people. You mentioned that the first time you were kind of indifferent. When would you say, I guess, how long did it take for you to kind of be bought into the whole thing? I think probably by our third trial, fourth trial, when we went to Cal City and Ridge was able to complete his junior hunter title in that one weekend, it just, I think, locked me in. I got hooked. Yeah, and I guess it's worth noting that after that first trial, our dog did pretty well the first season. He got a lot of second places and then some first places. And I think that placing in the event, it doesn't, it's not super important in the grand scheme of things, but it's nice to feel like your dog, you know, has a shot and it's nice to, you know, when they're like, all right, handing out the ribbons, it's nice to feel like maybe we'll get one. That anticipation is good. We learned that it's not all about the ribbons, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that getting those first initial wins was part of my initial like draw to like continue doing it yeah because i mean you know field trials are often a bit out of the way they take kind of a while to get to 
you know, it costs money and gas and maybe hotels and all of these pieces. So you are kind of looking for something that's going to make you have to come back to the next one. And sometimes it's the people you meet. Sometimes it's the way that your dog does. Well, and ultimately it was great watching Ridge having fun. And he just loved being out there and loved running. And that was pretty clear in the first couple of trials. Just watching him run and hunt was really cool. Okay, I think that's enough information for this first episode. If you want to get in touch, reach out to us on Instagram at fieldtrial underscore lifestyle or at jeremy at fieldtriallifestyle.com. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.